Hey, Crawl Space listeners, we wanted to bring you a bonus episode of Crawl Space. This is from our subscription service. You can check it out at crawlspace.supportingcast.fm. You'll get bonus episodes, sometimes early releases, and you'll get this Crawl Space crypt. We're doing a weekly show where we break down our episodes and talk about life behind the scenes. So I hope you enjoy this preview and make sure to subscribe. Thanks a lot for listening. Welcome back to the Crawl Space Crazy. Crypt. Crazy. How's it going? I am Tim here today with Lance and Jen. What's up, Lance and Jen? What's going on? It's good to be here. <laughs> feels feels good to uh, come to these recordings uh, in, in a really loose manner. You know, anything goes here. Anything goes in the crypt. It's a it's a free for all. It's a virtual orgy. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> You see it one way, I see it another way. How you doing, Jen? <laughs> I'm uh, I'm great. Very loose over here. <laughs> um, I uh, just before we started recording, I I let Tim and Lance know that I have recently made an amazing purchase, and it is a piece of meteorite. I'm going to wow. hold it up to the camera. I don't know if we're there doing it is. a video. <laughs> okay, we'll put that picture this, out there. Oh That's my good. god. Yeah, that uh, looks cool. Where did you buy that? There is a gem store here Mm -hmm. in Burlington, Vermont, and they have a lot of uh, just like loose gems and rocks and fossils and stuff. It's super Mm -hmm. cool. I uh, forget the name of it, though. (laughs) You got yourself yourself hematite. Hematite. Yep. Wait. I, I, I know that because I have this rock identifier app, which is amazing. And Jen sent me the picture, and it identified it. Uh, most likely, hematite. <laughs> um, or second one, platinum. But I don't think it's platinum. And ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to The Crawl Space Crypt. Oh, yes. This is our subscription service show that you can find at crawlspace.supportingcast.fm. These are usually just there. This one is being released on the public feed. We want to promote the subscription service. We have done a Patreon page um, dating back a few years now for Crawl Space, but we are sort of trying to migrate our patrons over to this new subscription service from Supporting Cast. So again, you can find it at crawlspace.supportingcast.fm, and we have one for our Missing podcast as well. You can find that at missing.supportingcast.fm. Both shows, we bring you a weekly behind-the-scenes look at what we're doing on these shows. And why is that important, you might ask yourself. Well, before we get into that, I just want to say that anyone who has already subscribed, thank you so much. Uh, It really does mean a lot to us. Um, On the missing uh, premium feed, I I went into why it is important for us to maintain operations so that we can keep talking about these missing stories and keep their cases out there, uh, keep the families um, of missing people engaged, keep the listeners engaged, that community engaged, um, and... For the crawl space feed, I hate saying it because it's like a, a super cliche. We don't know really what else to do with our lives at this point. So <laughs> this helps us to pay the bills and keep the lights on and, and, and maintain um, growth as a company. Uh, to, to maintain growth not only for the crawl space podcast, but for the missing podcast, for empty frames, for you know any of the other number of shows that we have in the works. Um, and 
And we think that that is an important aspect for the community to understand when they are making the decision whether or not to subscribe to these services. It's $5 a month. If you want more content, it's $10 a month. Um, there's a lot of stuff that you spend $5 a month on that you probably don't even know about. Uh, we're, we're, without sounding, what's the word I'm looking for? Magnanimous? Like we, we actually do want to make a difference. We're in the true crime community space and we actually do want to raise awareness and make a difference. Well said. Yeah, you're right. Was it? Um, I think so. <laughs> okay. And I mean, I, I think these these episodes are, are really interesting. Um, they're interesting to me, at least. I really hope they're interesting to uh, most of the listeners. Um, we do go into some of the behind-the-scenes aspects of what we do here at Crawl Space. Um, and you know what? Let's just get right into it. So this week on Tuesday night, we had a Crime and Culture live show. Uh, that audio will be available on the subscription service feed uh, soon, probably later this week. And we spoke with John Lorden, the one and only John Lorden. It's a very big brain scratch week over here at Crawl Space, now that I think about it. <laughs> because uh, uh, John Lorden's friend, Christy Arnhart, joined us on the Crawl Space public feed uh, this week to discuss the disappearance of Brooke Allensworth from Oil Trough, Arkansas, which is a case that she and John had worked on um, over the course of, uh, I guess, a couple episodes. Christy had, had even gone down there to the spot where Brooke's car was left um, to do her own investigation for Brain Scratch. And she wanted to sort of expand the coverage a little bit. And she reached out to us on TikTok. We've, you know, ha we have some mutual friends. We'll retweet her stuff um, and things like that because we we know of her from John Lorden. And that's how we met her, just through TikTok. We sent some DMs. Hey, you want to come on the show? Let's, what's a case you want to talk about? And that's how easy it happens sometimes. And uh, I think it was a great episode. I know that the YouTube audience really loved it because a lot of John Lorden's audience is on YouTube. And so we had a lot of comments on that um, video this week. I was a big fan of the Crime and Culture Night up until John Lorden put my face digitally over his face. Now that's making the rounds on Twitter. Uh, it's it's uncomfortable, people. It's uncomfortable. It's uh, to watch your own face in real time be virtually put over someone else's. And he could speak, too. So he had this software that just wasn't like um, a Zoom, you know, uh, effect. It was like it was like almost uh, like a deep fake of me. Yeah. Morphed with John. Um, but not Mike Morford. I'm using Morph <laughs> with the PH, not the F. Uh, right. And it's just odd. It's weird. I felt I feel violated by it. <laughs> I mean, this begs the question: Is it really John Lorden that we're looking at? See, I think it now, was really Lance. <laughs> no, she's talking about right now. Oh shit! Right? See what he's either done? or, either wow. or. I was thinking that there were two Lances on the Crime and Culture Live, and one of them wasn't even John Lorden just a second oh. ago. Like Lance now, is an evil twin. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm thinking, I don't even know. Is this the real Lance? Is this John Lorden that we're talking to now? It's hard to Reality say. Reality is just in, in absolute chaos right now. Reality is <laughs> being questioned. Celebrities are slapping celebrities. You don't know if this is my face or John Lorden. It's it's uh it's ridiculous. We are in a total total spiral. I'm actually Will Smith. What? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, now that that would be something to get into here on uh, on the crypt too, but um, we did get into that on the Crime and Culture Live with John Lord, and I feel like we did like a solid twenty minutes on that topic um, off the top on that show. It was kind of hard not to um, talk about it. It's such a such a big moment in entertainment, and real really just a head scratching moment, a brain scratch, if you will. It was yes. a brain scratch, Jen. It was the uh, culture part of our crime and culture. Yeah. Sometimes we go out of order. Sometimes we do culture <laughs> first, Cr- culture and crime. Well, you could say it was a crime. I mean, Chris Rock could have pressed charges against Will Smith. That's a true. good point. That's true. Yeah. It was assault, I suppose. <sighs> um, additionally, if you haven't heard our episode on the alien deep fake, go back and yes. listen to that episode, too, because that is a crazy, crazy story. Yes, it really is. Yeah, we like to keep uh, keep the feed diverse with the content. And, I mean, usually we keep our missing person cases just strictly on the missing feed. But I think because Christy was such a friend to the Crawl Space uh, listener base, based on, you know, Brain Scratch and, and um, John Lorden, that I think it made sense to air that on Crawl Space first. Also, it, there's sort of a difference between other missing person cases and the ones that are sourced from private investigations from the, uh, for the missing. So we kind of want to make that difference, uh, I guess, known. Imagine if private investigations for the missing was called private in- investigations from the missing. That'd be a totally, <laughs> totally different. <laughs> oh, organization. oh my wow. goodness. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I don't even know how to deal mysterious. with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> private investigations from the missing. Wow. Whew. And uh, some of the comments here, (laughs) some of the comments here, John Lorden uh, wrote one of the first comments on this Brooke Allensworth video. John Lorden, okay. John Lorden, Lorden Arts channel, that's where you can find him, youtube.com slash Lorden Arts. And he says, Christy puts all her heart into her work, and it's awesome to see that it's opening more doors for her to help in cases like this. Thank you, Tim and Lance, for having her on, and thank you, Christy, for all the years of amazing work. Oh, that was nice. Such a jerk. Yeah, he jerk. is such a jerk, isn't he? You know, you know, he's like, don't, don't you dare, like privately, you know, he's like stewing that we had Christy on. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> second, <laughs> second, the camera's on. He's like, oh, God, no. total, total swap. I There's a picture of him floating out there that I had to delete from my desktop because it's so disturbing where he's uh, he's very upset. He's very upset. <laughs> If you Google John Lorden, you'll see him dressed as a cop, and he's very upset. And I feel like that's a glimpse into uh, into the the you know the, the real John Lorden. <laughs> <laughs> well, John Lorden used to do some acting, and I think yeah, that was yeah. where that screenshot came from. Yeah, I'm totally kidding. If you if you do Google him, you'll you will find the screenshot, and it's from a um a, I don't know if it was a short film or a student yeah. film, but I think he something said it was that a USC. He, uh, oh yeah film. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah and uh, he's super proud of it it uh, deals with racial tensions and um one character sort of coming to terms with his uh i guess his, his racism um mm-hmm. but it's it's not available anywhere he's trying to make it available uh once he does hopefully we can check it out because it it really does joking aside it does look like he put in a really great performance yeah and he's super proud yeah. of it yeah yeah, I guess those USC short films are all owned by USC, and so he couldn't uh, get the the rights to play it on his channel. Um, but those those student short films, like especially the USC ones, they um, they'll often pack a punch. I feel like as far like um, you know emotionally or or with some kind of 
sort of like uh, film school element, you know, some something they're trying to say, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, USC is one of the, I think, premier top tier film schools in the nation. So yeah. I'm sure it was a it was a great project. And next week on Crawl Space, we've got an interview with a real character. Uh, this is a guy who we spoke with recently. He used to be uh, NYPD. He used to work in the Grand Theft Auto department for them. And in the conversation with him, sorry, the video game. Video? Yes, the yeah, he was a developer. Video, uh, <laughs> no, he was he was actual law enforcement um, for NYPD. And uh, and he worked on this in the stolen car division. And in the conversation with him, he tells some stories and he's like tells the stories of other people he worked with. And he was like, no, this guy was a real character. And we're sitting there like, no, you're a real character. <laughs> like, like, I believe him when he says when he describes someone else who's a real character. But it's almost hard for me to imagine someone being a bigger character than Vic. Right. For him to say this guy was a real character, like <laughs> what 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 stratosphere is that person at? At that you know, if you're categorizing him as a character, but Vic is a great guy. Vic is a great guy. Um, we'll have to give a warning at the top of the episode. He literally says <laughs> every other word, um, and he borders on being offensive. I, I'm not going to lie. He bored it. Like you think the next thing out of his mouth is going to be offensive. Uh, some people might take offense to what he says, but it's all in good humor. Just like his books are all in good humor. Uh, sarcastic, um, biting, like, like very, very, uh, biting humor, very, very harsh humor. Um, he's written several books about the NYPD. That's why we wanted to speak with him because we always talk about things that are so heavy. And when we talk about law enforcement and police officers, there's always something that goes with it. Like, why aren't they doing their job? Uh, you know, what, were, what were they thinking? Why is the investigation stalled? And he's writing books about stories involving very comical moments, very human moments with law enforcement in the NYPD. Uh, some of his books, you can get them on Amazon. Uh, and the NYPD's Flying Circus, uh, NYPD Through the Looking Glass, NYPD Law and Disorder. Um, and then he's got a, his first book was called Dickheads, Dickheads and Debauchery. And it's uh, how people just decide to do things that end their lives. Like the right. ad adrenaline junkies who will do something um, that just shortens their <laughs> lifespan. And he does he just doesn't understand that. In fact, he said, why why do a running of the bulls? when you can just ride the subway in New York. He's like, it's just as dangerous. <laughs> that, uh, that reminded me of a, of a Twitter account that I um, follow. I think it's called Women Live Longer. And, uh, and it's all videos of men doing stupid shit and uh, <laughs> like getting seriously hurt. And, uh, and it's oh, very funny. Yeah, kind of. Like even dumber stuff almost. Ugh, like they're not even trying dumber. to be funny. They're just trying to do dumb stunts in a lot of cases or just like dumb logic led them to getting hurt. Um, <laughs> pretty good account. Yeah, but and that it, actually it's a good point. It it comes sort of full circle to our conversation with John Lord and we wrapped up the Crime and Culture Night with him trying to wrap his brain around why it's uh young men who are typically found in a, a, like a river or some sort of body of water after a night of drinking. It's that whole missing and murdered young men, like, or the smiley face killer theory, uh, which, you know, obviously is not a reality, but don't say obviously. 
<laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get comments. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll get comments. Um, so, yeah, he's trying to wrap his head around that, and, and he just covered an individual who whose body was found in a body of water. And, I mean, it, we got a lot of good comments when we were talking about that on YouTube where people were saying, well, females typically typically have like the pack mentality like they'll they'll travel especially when they're going out for a night of you know partying or drinking they'll they'll stay together as a group and for whatever reason the guys want to i don't know go off on their own like lone wolf style or something but yeah anyway and there's some engaging in just like risky behavior like i remember when we started crawl space we sort of talked about this phenomenon lance and one of the stories was about a a college student who was rollerblading on the Charles River um, when it was frozen over, and yeah. then you know he he fell in. Like I mean that that's yeah. a perfect example of this risky behavior we're talking about. You know, obviously I, I don't remember that uh, young man's name. Tragic case, tragedy. No matter what, you know, no matter how you slice it. But um, yeah, but I think yeah. that's just one example of like risky behavior that leads to uh, leads to sometimes people going missing, sometimes people dying. Yeah. What's your yeah. thought, Jen? I don't know. I mean, I think it's probably generally true, but as a female who has been through her early 20s, <laughs> definitely have done some risky or questionable things that I can't believe I survived. Um, I've never been one of those girls who traveled in a pack either. Maybe maybe I should just start doing that. I need more friends. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting stuff, though. Interesting stuff. I blame yeah. John Wayne. <laughs> and John Lorden. And John Lorden. John Lorden Wayne. That's the serial killer name. John Lorden John Wayne. Lord. Oh, Done. for sure. Done. Yeah. That's a prolific serial killer. Well, if you have three names, if you go by three names, you're probably a serial killer. You're, you got tendencies, yeah. And uh, so that episode with Vic Ferrari, that'll come out next Wednesday on Crawl Space. I hope you enjoy it. We will put a disclaimer at the top, and I think we'll probably mark it as explicit. Um, because Why? some of those stories, well, I, I think it's I'm like kidding. we either have to have to cut some of those stories um, or just roll with them. You know, it's like one or the other and we don't want to cut stuff. So just give the disclaimer. I think I think it should be fine at the top. Here's what would happen if we cut some of those stories because of his language. <laughs> On the show today, we have Vic Ferrari. Well, thanks for joining us today. Vic, <laughs> Vic Ferrari, buy his books. <laughs> Hello, goodbye. <laughs> Outro yeah. music plays. Yep. Yeah. Now, uh, Lance, you you received something in the mail recently that uh, that you sent to us, and I just want to say this was really confusing. It was you, really confusing. <laughs> yeah, you want to get into this? Sure, sure. Um, I don't know if the entire neighborhood received this in the mailbox, but it was in my mailbox. It was, uh, I think, like a five by seven postcard. Um, on the front, it said the true story of QAnon, and there was a uh, scanner code, which I immediately scanned with my phone. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> there's a collage or a collage of photos. Um, so here's, I don't, I, I really don't right. even want to show it. I took a picture it, of it. Like, I really don't even want to show it. It's like it's a bunch like, of people's faces. It's celebrities. It's Mel Gibson, uh, Dave Chappelle, Barack Obama, there's even Kanye Donald West. Trump in there. Kanye, there's Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> Jim Gaffigan, Jim Gaffigan, Jeff Bezos, is that Taylor Elon Swift? Elon Musk. Um, the um, is that Pat Riley? No, that's Anthony Scaramucci. 
down in the bottom? Bottom. I think so. Yeah. Oh, it actually looks like Chris Cuomo. Oh, it is Chris Cuomo. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> it's Mark, Mark Zuckerberg. It looks like Jay-Z maybe as well. So there's all of these celebrities on the front. And then on the back, well, first it was uh, from a the, 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 the address is a P.O. box in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And it gives the true story of QAnon, which I would have thought would be a little longer than a, than a few sentences. But um, <laughs> I'll just I'll, I'll get into this. I'll read it real quick. OK. The true story of QAnon. And I hope uh, our friend Jatarth is listening, or our friend um, John, who made uh, Pizzagate Ma- John Valley Pizzagate Massacre. Uh, the true story of QAnon. I was a child victim of the cabal spoken of in QAnon. They invented the whole saga of QAnon and planned all news and entertainment events 20 years ago. They planned 9-11, the 7-7 bombing, the Ukraine war, the- and COVID-19. And they told me that Luvox, L-U-V-O-X, cures COVID-19, oh. which they invented. So I'm uh-huh. not sure how... Uh, okay. Okay. Hang Questions? on. So they're calling QAnon a conspiracy itself? No, well, no. They're saying, um, I was a child victim of the cabal spoken of in oh, QAnon. Oh, they invented, okay. yeah. So it's, so they're, they're speaking of the cabal, not right, QAnon. So they're saying the cabal is real. Um, but okay. the media sensation around QAnon was was planned 20 years ago, as well as 9-11, the 7-7 bombing, the Ukraine war, which I, I feel like yep. I wouldn't call the Ukraine war because um, they didn't start it. Yeah, it's interesting, and, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and COVID-19. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I know QAnon is not really a laughing matter because it does ruin people's lives, Um However, I find it hysterical that QAnon is doing mailers now. <laughs> oh, isn't it incredible? <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like this is almost like an anti-QAnon um, conspiracy flyer. Like it, you know what I mean? It says it says QAnon is a conspiracy, but the cabal that is spoken about in QAnon is real because this person claims to be a child victim of that. Said it's very on. confusing. I'll just I'll read the first two sentences again and see if we can wrap our head around it. I was a I was a child victim of the cabal spoken of in QAnon. So at this point, QAnon exists in their reality. They invented the whole saga of QAnon and planned all news and entertainment events twenty years ago. So still speaking of the cabal, right? No, and and then in that sentence it says QAnon is technically fake, but the cabal that it's I guess sourced about is real yeah okay all right here's where it gets good and the same they i guess you know mark zuckerberg and uh everyone uh, you know uh jay-z and all the other people on the front of the post and jack sparrow right yeah the minutiae of every battle and every action planned by Zelensky and putin were planned they put a mind reading device in me and tortured me and spied on me my whole life on Good Friday, this world will end, possibly by nukes, or my world will end. Please read the truth at the below QR code. I will be hiding in Kansas. Okay. Please share this. Please, capital capital letters, share this and email me at... Yeah. So I know people are getting my postcards. And then very strange little postscript here. Russia to go to Moldova? question mark and then it gives like a, a, a search thing um and then said world ends 422 22 or 415 22 
So, <laughs> oh well, at least it gives a range or or two possible dates. You know, it's usually just like it's definitely ending here. Yes, yeah. this person, you know, isn't claiming to be a hundred percent right on that. Um, jeez, it has a QR code. Yeah. Yes, and I'm dying. To, I'm Coincidence? Really QR. Uh, QR. Um. <laughs> um. I really want you to scan that QR. I do too. But I'm worried for you also. Well, I would love to know if anyone else has received anything like this. Um, yeah. It was in our mailbox. Like you have to walk up and put it in the mailbox, and I didn't see anybody do that. I don't know if it was um, just part of like with the regular mail. Did it come to your personal address or to the studio? Personal. Huh. But it wasn't addressed to me. Right. Did your neighbors get similar mailers? I'm gonna ask them. I I haven't asked them yet. Oh. It just it was it was it just says postal customer on it. Huh. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> so I just weird. don't get it. But was it actually just dropped off, or was it sent through the mail? Was there a? Well, the post. Uh, it it had the uh, postal, U.S. postage paid. Okay, so so it they was. bought a yeah they bought a bulk, postcard whatever however you do that. Bought right. them all in bulk, and it's all postage paid. Okay, I see. From Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I wonder if this person is trying to start their own QAnon group, like not like separate from QAnon, but it's like same sort of uh, feel, I suppose, where you discuss comp- conspiracies and conflate historical events. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's definitely got a lot of the same. Uh, earmarks, I guess, as QAnon, even though it says QAnon was invented. Uh, but well, of course this... it was. Right. <laughs> right. Everything's but, invented. But the conspiracy is so deep that this person who's creating a sort of a new conspiracy theory uh, is saying the old one isn't actually true. The, the one that I'm talking about, it's deeper and it's definitely true, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only direction that QAnon could go in, right? would be like this was only surface level um like classified information that we're giving to you now and now like that's not totally true but here's the real truth like mm-hmm. instead of like it makes sense that it would deepen and like confuse in that way mm-hmm. rather than dispelling like we all hoped right. it is exhausting we yeah. live in an exhausting <laughs> world right now I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, that is a weird one. I gotta say, I uh, very confused about that. Um, but you know, where where else can we really talk about it? But here on the Crawl Space Crypt, I am glad that we can at least sort of unpack it a little bit here. We finally have a place to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and as I was scrolling back for this picture, I found this other picture that I took because I thought it was hilarious. I don't know if you can see this. Uh, yeah, what is that? It's a fork. I can't tell what it is. Uh-huh. It's a fork, and then below the fork is a uh, paper towel that's ripped up into tiny, um, tiny strips. And uh, my significant other and I uh, apparently are playing a game with each other, which is how you can mildly annoy somebody without <laughs> actually doing any damage. And I thought that that was brilliant. Her her way to mildly annoy me was um, before we had dinner. She put the fork on the table and she ripped up my napkin into tiny little strips, which I thought was just a brilliant way to just like mildly annoy someone. 
Nice. You have to use game. it. Like, yeah. And I can't just throw that away and, and get a regular, you know, re, re-up my napkin. So I have to use them. And it's, and oh, that that's part of the game? Well, I, it, the game's developing. It, there's okay. no rules yet. It's just like it's <laughs> developing. It, it, it all started because she was going to play music while we were cooking dinner. And she was and there's like this Bluetooth speaker. And uh, and she <laughs> and she was like, I'm going to play music. And I said, do it like that. And she was like, she was like, what would you do if I didn't? And uh, or no, what did I say? I was I was you like, do you it. Won't. Yeah, I, I might have said you won't or something. <laughs> but then she was like, she said something like, uh, oh, I said, do it. And she was like, yeah, try to stop me. And I'm like, OK. So I stole the speaker and, and she <laughs> couldn't find the speaker. So that's where it started. It was like these uh, little mild annoyances. Uh, I, I see this evolving into a real gone girl situation. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Where she leaves and frames or, you for her murder. Yeah. I do. Right. I've, I've been draining my. Movie. I've been draining my blood for three years. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsors, and now we're back to the program. Coming up on Crawl Space in a couple weeks, we have a conversation with a young woman named Kristen Seavey, who researched uh, the disappearance of Reeves Johnson for her podcast called Murder, She Told. And that is a really compelling case. Pretty unknown. I mean, they, her and her partner on the show have really done a ton of research. They've gotten um, all the case files from the yeah. Kittery police. And it's a pretty impressive um, presentation of the disappearance of Reeves Johnson. So kind of like what we did with Christy and Brooke Allensworth. Um, you know, if there's someone out there in our world who's doing great work on a disappearance case, you know, let us know. Like, good chance we'll have you on to speak about it. Yeah. And just to, you know, tease that, this is uh, a case that has one of those rabbit holes that is you know, the, the equivalent of um, Brianna's car backed into the Dutch burn or Moore's car on the side of the road. Uh, the the picture, or, or even it, it really is similar to uh, Brandon Lawson and the 911 call. Um, you just go down these rabbit holes. This one in particular is a photo of a man who is most likely responsible for Reeves's disappearance and... I don't want to get into the details because that's why you need to listen to the episode because it does get pretty involved. But Reeves' mom posed as a tourist in the post office hoping that her son would come to pick up his mail. And this other gentleman walks in, goes over to the P.O. box, inserts a key, opens it up, takes the mail out. This is not her son. Throws away everything except for Reeves' paycheck. And she goes over and confronts him and he says, I'll take you to Reeves. And she snaps a picture of him. And what was totally lost on me was when I saw the picture was the fact that we're so um, uh, we're, we're, we're so used to our instantaneous pictures coming back to us through our phones. It was lost on me that she took the picture with a camera that needed the film developed. So she waited. I mean, what happens after you need to listen to the episode? She waited for the picture to come back. And it's him standing there with his hand up, perfectly covering his face. Yeah. How infuriating. Unbelievable. Creepy. Creepy. Yeah. Yeah. Spooky. Everything that goes into, yeah, very haunting. Everything that goes into why that man was there at the P.O. box is 
absolutely baffling. And she didn't know him. She had no idea who this guy was. Somehow he got the key. Somehow he knew that the paycheck was mailed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Baffling. Yeah. It's baffling. There was it's a haunting. call placed yeah, to his work about the paycheck. So that I think that the working theory is that the same person or possibly someone that who was working with that person who went to go pick up the check uh, placed that call to Reeves's work. But yeah, like you said, you got to listen to the episode and check out, check out uh, murder. She told um, they do a great job on that case and on that show. And this week we are interviewing author Maureen Boyle. Again, Ooh. she is an excellent author. She wrote a great book called shallow graves that we interviewed her about. And we put that, that episode on both of our feeds, both the crawl space and missing feed. She's local. Um, and she wrote another book, um, called the ghost. And it's about a, an unsolved murder, I believe of a police chief and, um, very interesting book going through that now on the audio book. And Maureen is just a great author. And she was such a great interview that we were like, well, we got to have her back. Cause she speaks so clearly about the story. Yeah, she's very well researched, and you mentioned the audiobook. Uh, I when I started that, you you said when you started the audiobook, you told me yeah, the beginning's awesome because it goes through, uh, it's very very fast paced and it gets right to the story right away, and then we get into the backstory. But I made the mistake of listening to it at like one point three or one point four because I do that just to shorten it a little bit, um, without getting like any actual like weird like pace or or tempo, um. But I needed to go back to one. I was listening to it and listening at it at anything beyond one times what it should be is is too it, it's too anxious. It, it gives me too much anxiety because it gets right into the story. And if you're listening to it with somebody who's speaking, you know, just a bump faster, it's it's too much. Yeah, I think I'll do the 1.3 or 1.4, but I think I had to slow that the beginning yeah. part down as well because it there's so much information there and it's really heart wrenching. The beginning of that uh, her book, The Ghost. Do you guys uh, retain information from like listening to something more than other mediums? I think I do. I think I'm one of those people, sort of an yeah. audio learner. Um, yeah, ideally, I think I'd rather both listen and read at the same time. But I think it's probably no coincidence that, uh, you know, I found myself in this uh, audio field, you know. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, for myself as an audio producer, I... I'm terrible at listening to stuff and <laughs> and uh, retaining the information. I need to like write notes or you know read it mm. or like watch something. I don't know. I don't learn anything. I'm just like a I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dense brick. <laughs> Your brain's a brick. <laughs> my, brain's a, my brain's a brick. Just rattles. <laughs> Pitch John Lorden on that. We got a new show. It's called Brain Brick. Brain Brain Brick. Yeah. Brick scratch. <laughs> We did something interesting this week where we dropped a couple of bonus episodes. Both of them were really, really great thought-provoking episodes. Check them out. We had um, Eric and Stephanie on from our Empty Frames show. They were talking about the Gardner Heist, the Isabella Stewart Gardner Heist in Boston. And Stephanie was dating one of the persons of interest. Uh, and she talks about her time with him. And it's sort of unfolding in real time for Tim and I because we never considered this person that seriously because we had never spoken to anybody who was that close to him. And she has journal entries that she wrote at the time. 
uh, that she's going through right now. So we'll have yet another follow-up episode with the two of them if she finds anything significant in those journal entries. But always interesting to go back in time, get a glimpse at like 1990, uh, the, the heist and um, just the characters involved. And it really took that character to uh, another level in my head. Yeah, definitely. A lot of um, sort of circumstantial evidence, I guess you'd call it, that mm-hmm. uh, w- could you l- lead you to think that Brian McDevitt did have something to do with the Gardner heist of Boston, uh, of the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston, Mass. in 1990. It's, yeah, it's it's wild. I, and to your point, like, we never really considered this guy because, you know, it ca- kind of seemed a little far-fetched. Like, he's sort of known as the screenwriter um, and, like, a con guy. Like, there's enough people who, like, I guess, want suspicion on them for crimes that I guess that kind of seemed what this was to me. Um, And he's now apparently deceased, and I think there's some speculation there that he could have faked his own death. Um, Probably not. Probably not the real uh, criminal, too, of the Gardner heist, but who knows? It definitely made me me think. I really hope he faked his own death. I do, I do, and I mean the circumstances. Listen to the episode; you'll you'll hear it. The, the circumstances of of him, where he was in the time, and and what he died of. Yeah, uh, if you just say, "Well, that could have been fake," you'd be like, "Oh, that probably is." Yeah, I want to don't want to speculate too much, but it does. Uh, it does. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me, is what I'm saying. But the other bonus episode we had was with a wonderful doctor. Dr. Jillian Peterson from The Violence Project. Go to theviolenceproject.org. These uh, feed drops are are pretty effective. I had a couple people text and say, this is important shit. I didn't Good. know that this existed. Uh, Kevin yeah. McCracken texted from uh, Death by Incarceration, and he was um, beside himself. He's like, I didn't know Great. this existed. And then he wrote right back, and he's like, I'm on their website now. This is incredible. This needs to be uh, talked about more. And the, the Violence Project is a is a mass shooter database and a research um, center. And uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Jillian Peterson and Dr. James Densley wrote a book called The Violence Project, How to Stop a Mass Shooting Epidemic. And they don't just really talk. They don't talk about like um, this is a bad kid. This is a bad person. This, this person's got mental illness. They're like, when did this start historically? Not just for this person, but historically. And they document it all the way back to the um, the the bell tower shooting in Texas right. in the '60s, mm-hmm. and and you can go into their database and see all sorts of statistics. Um, yeah, age range to yeah, yeah, sort of like things you wouldn't expect. Like um, I think I think there was one stat that said most school shootings happen on Wednesday mornings. Right which was just kind of a weird stat. And it's like, I don't remember the percentage of them that happens on Wednesday morning, but it was, it was much more than the other days of the week. And then we talked about that. I was like, why, why would that happen? And I guess it's, you know, first thing in the morning that I guess makes sense because it's before someone's going to sit through classes. You'd probably be, you, you know, that you might be making people nervous, I guess, if you're about to unleash violence and you're sitting in a class before that, um, so you know there there might be a red flag there, but um, yeah, I don't I don't know what the what the mentality was about that, you know, uh, about Wednesday necessarily, other than it's halfway through the week. Like I'm not sure if they had a theory on that, which is not part of what they're doing, by the way. They're coming up with the stats, right? Um, yeah, which is I, very helpful. 
Yeah, that's a that's a very smart approach. I mean, that you may expect from a couple of doctors, I suppose. Um, but I think far too often when these unfortunate things happen, that there's way too much focus on the individual and like what events in their lives uh, led them to do such a thing. But I think the context is so important. The historical context is so important. Like what is happening in our culture um, and what does the data suggest that is happening in our culture um, definitely might give us insight in how to how to like sway cultural momentum to to help prevent these things in the future. Yeah, yeah. And as a companion piece to um, the Violence Project, they have the Off Ramp Project, and you can check that out. Uh, it's part of the Violence Project at off.ramp.org, and. I love the catchphrase, the tagline that they use on this. The road to violence is long. Let's build more exits. So it tells you how to anal- like look at all that uh, data that, or you know the historical element that you just spoke about, and and how to get off, like how to how to deviate from it. And it's a holistic approach to violence prevention, which I think is really cool. <clears throat> My yeah. voice is shot, which I think is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think one one big stat um, was that over 80% of mass shooters were in a noticeable crisis prior to their shooting. Um, so I think that, that, again, sort of going back to like trying to prevent these, I think that is something that you could potentially see in someone. You could tell maybe that someone is in crisis and uh, is exhibiting maybe dangerous thoughts or dangerous behaviors, you know. So try to get them help, I think, is the is the biggest um, mission there. And and so they're trying to do it through education, which is great. And our friend Nama Cates, who does the incel show, um, she's written about in that book, um, The Violence Project, the book. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, thanks a lot for listening to the Crawl Space Crypt today. We really appreciate it. Again, subscribe at crawlspace.supportingcast.fm, and you'll get one of these every week. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to break down everything we're doing over here. So check it out. And seeing as this episode is going out to the public feed as well, and we have time before CrimeCon, I just want to bring that up that I'm so excited to be going to CrimeCon for the first time in like 100 years. The three of us are going. It's in Vegas. We really want to see as many uh, listeners, as many people out there right now as possible. Um, If you're on the fence about going, we have a code, CrawlSpace. It'll give you 10% off your standard badge. Uh, That should be pretty pretty good to tip you over the fence and you can hang out with us and you can hang out with our new partners glassbox media check out what they do the shows that they represent on their network at glassboxmedia.com awesome people over there but really i can't wait for those three days 29th yeah, 30th and 1st april to may Let's oh, do it and, and we've got two live shows that we're doing one crawl space live at CrimeCon at the podcast row booth i think that's going to be on saturday april 30th at 1 20 p.m and then we've also got a missing live show that's going to happen on friday evening at 5 50 p.m so yes we'll see you there all right hit him with your catchphrase jen zippity doo <laughs> Crawl space, crawl space, crawl space. <laughs> we are douche with encouragement. Yeah.
At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.